Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. This is a special edition all about the Consumer Electronics Show 2019, CES 2019. We were there last week in Las Vegas. We saw a lot of tech. We did a lot of Vegas stuff. We had to talk about it. So while we're waiting for season two next month, let's do this. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. It is 2019. How are you doing, Evan Knowles? I'm doing well. The year's off to a good start. It is. It is. Uh, my name is Nate Antomaso up in Chicago. Evan Knowles is down in Lexington, Kentucky. We just got back what feels like two hours ago, but it's been almost over. It's been over a day now uh, from uh, from Vegas for CES 2019. It's quite the trip. I'm still exhausted. <laughs> I think in the last 24 hours, I think I've slept like 20 of them. Yeah, I got home yesterday and I just slept till 4 p.m. We we flew a red eye back. Yeah. And we uh, I got back around 8 a.m. yesterday and I slept till 4. <laughs> I That was my first true red eye because I did one up here to Chicago as well. And I was not a fan, especially on Frontier Airlines. I like red eyes normally. But, I mean, I don't think there's any way to avoid the fatigue after Vegas. Yeah, that's true. It might. It's probably that combined with the flight. Um, but, yeah, so we were down there, uh, down in Vegas for CES 2019, the Consumer Electronics Show. We saw a lot of cool stuff. Um, we're still looking forward to Season 2 of the podcast coming next month in February, but we thought we had to do this kind of special episode special edition to recap what we saw uh it was such a cool event i'm glad we went and being in vegas was fun we we might have gone a little bit too hard on the the work hard play hard aspect yeah um well i mean we had to go uh, of course for it's the biggest tech conference in the entire world so we <laughs> had, had to, to. <laughs> uh but it's convenient that there is so much else to do in, in vegas everything from gambling to shows to clubs to buffets i mean <laughs> there's no better place to have the world's biggest tech conference we you you had a call one day so you you had to dip out early one night but uh me danny and eric Gaines, we did three nights in a row at the club uh we saw <laughs> zed the first night diplo the second night and then tiesto the third night and my buddy in Chicago when I got back was joking. He's like, oh, let's go to a nightclub tonight. And I told him I'd rather jump out my window. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just, it's just so much. Uh, definitely is cool seeing that kind of talent at those clubs. Cause, just every night. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was telling some friends, like, if we were to go to, like, a major music festival mm-hmm. or to go to, uh, you know, a major concert, Tiesto is one of the biggest acts we can possibly see like in the entire world. He headlines the biggest festivals in the world and we saw him in a small club and he, you know, played his normal act and it was awesome. Yeah, you know, stuff yeah. like that is only possible in, in a place like Vegas, you know, to to go to that kind of venue and that kind of city and you know do that kind of stuff every night consistently. And it's on Tuesday, sure. Wednesday nights, you know. <laughs> and we may have snuck into a VIP area and gotten some some free bottle service while watching. Yeah, no, it's always <laughs> always a good time. There's always ways to 
get into some, we, some shady situations. The night, uh, the night you missed me and Danny, and uh, I don't know if we've ever mentioned Danny on this podcast. Besides the the finance you episode, Danny Perry is uh, your roommate. Both of our good friends. Uh, he actually made the new cover art. Um, go to his Instagram. This is a horrible plug because I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, Perry. <laughs> Perry underscore design. Danny Perry. Uh, he's doing a lot of cool stuff. If you need any design help, uh, he can help you out. But uh, me and him were at Diplo the second night, and uh, and we just decided to confidently walk into VIP, and we were standing there, and uh, these guys invited us over to their table, and uh, they were convincing us that they were Drake's friends and everything because Drake was performing there the next night, and that was his table. Uh, I don't know if that was true because they told us they would get us into the Drake show and they didn't. Um, but they gave us free bottle service as well with like Hennessy, Grey Goose, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and we were just feeling like we were on the top of the world sitting at Drake's table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to mention before we get into the episode, kind of related to that and tables and just you know people telling you stuff. Is yeah. Vegas is one big pitch, sales pitch. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's important for people to understand that before they go, because if you're a gullible person or you're easily swayed, Vegas will will probably kill you. It'll, <laughs> it'll definitely hurt your wallet, but you'll probably die. Like <laughs> because everything you do from waking up in the morning, going to get breakfast, to just walking down the street, to you know getting food for lunch, going to a club, like the entire process of your day is somehow mediated by somebody pitching you you know you can't mm-hmm. walk 20 feet every 20 feet there's somebody pitching you on a club or a strip club and it sucks yeah. when you're going with four guys you know our age because they're targeting us yeah um, or you can't walk you know 20 feet without seeing somebody pitch you on a show uh, mm-hmm. a comedy show or something um and it's all tied together they all work together all the shows work together to fill the seats all the clubs work together to get people into the bottle service into the door it's yep. free entry, but the drinks inside are a hundred dollars. You know, <laughs> it's just like the entire makeup of the city is a yeah. sales pitch and it's psychological, you know, manipulation. The entire process of your day in Vegas is just, you know, an engagement play. It's like social media. I said, you know, everything is just built to get you to engage with it. So yep. you know, before you go to Vegas, keep that in mind and, you know, make sure you hide your wallet and be fiscally conservative as much as you can. It's hard. Yeah. One thing that really struck me, um, and I found this out last year when we went, was the no open container laws. You can just walk around with with drinks, do whatever. And I think that's really uh, emblematic of that because it's like one place will give you drinks and you get free drinks if you're gambling. Uh, and you'll just you'll start to get more intoxicated, and they don't care if you take that drink and walk to another place because you'll spend that more money over there because the other place gave you drinks. And chances are both of those places are owned by the same company. Or if they're not, they all benefit from everybody doing that. And it's just one big system to to get you to to throw your money out there. Uh, and it's just wild. So you really have to have to plan and be smart. And uh, we all we all I think did pretty well, um, but we all slipped up a couple times and spent some money we shouldn't have uh, <laughs> throughout the throughout the trip. But I guess that's to be expected. Um, yep, yep, it's part yeah. of. So Vegas is fun. We'll be back definitely for CES next year, but maybe for a, a pool party this summer. We'll have to see. That's one downside of January is there's none of that. Yeah. Um, 
But the reason we were there, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, 2019, uh, we went to some events every single day we were there from Tuesday to Friday. Uh, what were some of your biggest takeaways from it? Yeah, so, I mean, I didn't really see, honestly, anything too game-changing. We saw some awesome tech stuff we you know, had never really seen before uh, that I think is worth highlighting, but uh, there's nothing too game-changing. You know, it was all um, 5G, there's a lot of AI, mm-hmm. a lot of smart home stuff, um, and all of that has been around and been talked about for a long time. So there wasn't, like, a huge leap in any kind of you know major technology that surprised us or surprised me at least at ces yeah uh, but a few of the things i wanted to note was uh you know ai and 5g was something all the major booths were highlighting everybody from intel ibm qualcomm uh samsung had a huge area about it samsung so 5g we've, we've highlighted it on this podcast before we have a whole episode dedicated to it but 5g is essentially the next uh iteration in connectivity uh, everything from Verizon to AT&T to iPhones, everything's going to be connected to 5G, autonomous cars. Uh, the next generation of technology is going to require 5G uh, just because of the amount of data that's going to be um, you know, transferred from machine to machine and uh, IoT, uh, autonomous cars, all of that is going to be uh, reliant upon 5G. So that was a major highlight uh, of the conference along with AI. Mm-hmm. There was some awesome AI stuff going on. Uh, ping pong uh, we'll show we'll put up a video yeah so, for sure that was so cool of this ping pong robot that uh, was playing an actual human and the human was getting beat fairly easily it looked yeah. like a looked like a professional ping pong player um, but this ping pong machine uh, was using machine vision and algorithms and robotics to just destroy this human player uh, then he didn't even stand a chance. By the time the ball went off his paddle, the machine was already there, ready to hit it. So it knew where it was going immediately. Yeah, so that that kind of highlighted machine vision and um, you know robotics in a really cool way that kind of made it you know relatable to everybody there. So there was a huge crowd around that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, facial recognition, it's another big AI uh, feature that they showed off at several booths. All the phone courier, all the phone. Manufacturers are gonna, you know, start putting facial recognition into their phones. Um, you know, the Chinese government, it's, facial recognition is huge in China. Uh, there's a lot of subsidies and funding going into that because the Chinese government sees it as a way to, you know, monitor its citizens. And um, we could have, do a, a whole episode on that that system that they're doing of like this social credibility score yeah. or whatnot. Yeah. Like that that stuff is just wild, and they have all the technology just to track you wherever you go. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's kind of scary, but it's also cool in the fact that, you know, everything, I don't know if anybody, for those of you that have an iPhone 10, the way you interact with your phone completely changes. Once you have facial recognition, everything is just really smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you apply that to everything in life, then you can imagine that, uh, you know, things are greatly, um, you know, made more efficient. Yeah. We, there was a lot of kind of following in that vein. There's a lot of technology like gesture tracking and eye tracking and things like that, where you could directly interact with a piece of technology without tapping or swiping, yeah. um, just using different kind of biometric reads um, and all that kind of stuff, I think, has really taken off over the last couple of years. So that that was a big focus and that'll be fun to see in the future. Um, yeah, I think the the 5G and the AI, like you're saying, were the two biggest things. And I kind of expected the 5G beforehand. All of the CES previews was just saying 5G, 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 which I think 
it's still a little bit of marketing. True 5G, nobody thinks is going to roll out until 2020. All these these features that Verizon and AT&T and Sprint or T-Mobile, I don't think even Sprint, I think just T-Mobile, um, are rolling out are like 4.5G or, or 4G plus, like getting closer to 5G, but that, that true extremely low latency, um, high speed 5G that's going to allow for all of this IoT transformation won't come out for another year or so. So I, I think that was kind of marketing driven. You know, it wasn't showing off a current technology. It was showing off something that's in the final stages of innovation. And I think that speaks a little bit to what CES has become overall. Obviously, for me, it's my it was my second year. For you, it was your third. You know, we weren't there 10, 15 years ago. Um, but it apparently used to be just a, a very cutting edge technology um you know, this is out now. This is stuff that you haven't heard about before. But with the you know the rise of social media and always on news, um, it's we are already know about that, and it's kind of just become a marketing play for a lot of these companies with the added benefit of you can network while you're there as well. Yeah, totally. And and unfortunately, five G is not a very sexy thing. Like I don't remember yeah. two years. You know, my first CES, the biggest thing there was autonomous cars. As you can imagine, because that was really the first year that these car manufacturers are really rolling out pretty decent autonomous cars. Um, that was about three years ago, and that was when NVIDIA really started uh, to take off, and mm-hmm. uh, you know all this AI around autonomy was really starting to roll out. So that was one of the biggest things that year. Um, and, and then this year is really 5G, and that's just not a sexy technology. That's just something that's kind of on the back end, powering a lot of cool technology. So um, you know, I think you're right. There's a lot of marketing. Um, and there's a lot of the the big players just just showing, hey, you know, we're moving into this because we know this is, you know, the next big thing. It's bigger than any previous 4G or 3G rollout. This is yeah. a new platform to mess around with, and new technologies are going to be built on top of it. Mm-hmm. So definitely, a lot of companies just showing it off. One uh, one of the talks that we went to, the guy was comparing the difference between 4G and 5G to the difference between. 4G and the internet you used to have on your flip phone, where if you accidentally opened it, you would get charged ten dollars, and you'd be so scared that your your mom would get mad at you. <laughs> but yeah. this the speed difference between that and 4G is what the speed difference between 4G and 5G is going to be, and that's just that's unfathomable. That's going to be so cool. And I think next year and even the year after at CES is when we're really going to start to see them feature the the sexy technologies that come out of 5G and not the connectivity itself. Yeah, yeah. CES for the years to come, once five G rolls out, is going to be really, really interesting. A lot of, I'd say, a lot of money is going to start flowing into CES, even more so than now, because you know everything is going to be accelerating much more quickly once five G comes out. Everything from AI to IoT to autonomy. So all those big, big companies are going to have to stand out in, in in some way with with new innovations because everybody's going to be moving so quickly. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the holographic stuff that we saw? I know we were all yeah. really impressed with that. Yeah, honestly, I think you know if anything was going to be labeled as game changing, I don't, I don't really think this is that game changing. But if anything was, in my opinion, this would be it. Um, I saw holographic you know technology last year. Mm-hmm. It was decent. It was pretty good. Um, this year it was much better. Uh, they showed a lot of better applications. So last year there was only one holographic booth. Uh, this year there were. Uh, at least three, um, and they all uh, showed pretty pretty awesome uh, displays. But there was one of them. I think Hypervision was the name yeah, of it. Yeah, Hypervision did a much better job. 
uh, this year of showing real-world applications. And they added a few ways to engage with it, like motion tracking and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and really, it has kind of three major implications, in my opinion, at least right from the get-go. Uh, these are implications that actually could be put in place now. So I could see them actually producing some revenue right now, uh, even though they're really early stage. Uh, everything The three are uh, retail, out-of-home advertisements, so billboards and uh, stuff like that, and then event venues. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, those three areas, I think, are just where it makes you know a ton of sense, yeah. and it adds you know this virtual layer to those three things that creates a new experience. Yep. So the way the hologram was working is they're they're actually these really high powered fans basically that that have lights all along the blade, and they move so quickly and they're stacked on top of each other, so there there's no dead area where there's not a fan uh, and they just go so fast and with the lights moving and the blades moving so fast you can't see them they can create what looks exactly like a hologram um, and that that sounds like pretty rudimentary technology when you think of it in that way but to see it in front of you even though you know exactly what's happening it looks like just an image that's floating in the air it's wild um, I think to to really get in get into retail um in event venues they're going to need to figure out how to make the fans a little less quiet they were blasting music so you kind of couldn't hear it but you could tell that the, the fans were making noise that you'd expect fans to make um i think they're probably quiet enough now for some out of home stuff if they're outside um but for indoor applications i think that's kind of the next big hurdle they're going to have to get over cuz it's awesome technology um, besides cost, because I'm sure it's expensive, I think just the noise would, would keep people away from it. Yeah. I mean, the best way I could think of uh, you know, using it, and it kind of goes back to you know, our experience in Vegas, is at the, at the clubs. Yeah. Like uh, Omnia or you know, Hakkasan, having you know, Tiesto up there, but also having you know, these holographic images floating around you know, above people. And on the walls, I think is a perfect application for something like this. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's used like that somewhere. I'm sure there's already clients using it like that. Um, but that was one of the better you know applications I could think of. Yeah, the one one thing that they actually had at their booth that I thought was cool, and they were trying to tie in the Vegas theme, was they had a, a slot machine, and it was using the the motion tracking where you would take your arm and just pull it down like you're pulling a slot machine down uh, and the hologram would rotate through different items uh, and you try to get three in a row. Um, and I thought that was really cool. I mean, for any anything like a nightclub or a, a billboard, an out-of-home thing or a casino, anything where it's trying to gain attention, trying to get you to look and engage, um, it's just a perfect, it's the perfect thing for that. So I'm excited, you know, the difference we saw last year to this year, what we're going to see next year, I'm sure it's going to be even the next generation. Yeah, and for those of you that can't like visualize what we're talking about, imagine uh, for those of you that have seen like Star Wars or Blade Runner, those ads that you see when they're walking through those big, you know, futuristic cities, uh, just floating in the air. That's what we're talking about. You know, it's just yeah, floating advertisements that are completely, uh, you know, virtual graphics that are three D. Um, it, it's really something that's that, that's cool. We'll post a video, uh, kind mm -hmm. of, of what we saw. But yeah. yeah, we got a lot of content for this episode. We'll be pushing out. Yeah. On no, that note, watch watch that content, Middle Tech Pod on all the social platforms for this episode and then for season two coming up, we're gonna be posting a lot of content. So definitely make sure you're following us there and stay engaged. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna be building that out a lot more this year. That's one of our you know bigger focuses is, is creating more content. Um but another thing I wanted to talk about was uh the LG TVs. 
those I think were one of the bigger hyped uh, items as far as CES yeah. of CES. Mm-hmm. Uh, people kind of had uh, heard, heard heard rumors and seen some uh, images of them beforehand, but seeing it in person was was really cool. Seeing a TV basically turn from you know a 50 inch platinum into uh, something that's about you know six inches tall and it's a little a box. Um, yeah, it just rolls up. Yep. Yeah. So to picture it, there's like this long little rectangular box on on the table, and out what came out of it was a a beautiful 4K, you know, HD insane screen, and it would just slowly roll out, and then it would just slowly roll down. And I'm sure you've seen bendable screens before, but this rolled up like a a piece of paper would roll up, uh, just taking that technology to the next level. And I don't think they're available for consumers yet. Um, but it just kind of shows, you know, how much they're tr- they're trying to impact that technology. And to think, you know, this giant black box that you have in your home at all times could go away. You could really focus on the aesthetic of your room when you're not consuming content on it. Um, it's just kind of a cool luxury to have. Yeah, it should be available to people by the end of the year. I heard one of their <coughs> salespeople say. Oh yeah, they're rolling it out pretty quickly. You know, a lot of times when they have those big. Uh, you know that's a major improvement when it comes to a t- when it comes to a TV, and they rolled it yeah. out, and they're going to release it in the same year, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so I remember last year, uh, and this is kind of just sticking with the same vein of how quickly technology is is expanding and improving. Last year, we saw like one or two foldable screens where they would just take a screen and fold it in half, uh, and now we saw a completely rollable one, and it's going to be available by end of year. Uh, like that's just insane—a two-year difference between them demonstrating a fold and then releasing a roll. Yeah, yeah. Um, another couple things that were that were really cool. Obviously, you said two years ago um, autonomous vehicles were were big. Um, maybe they weren't as big of a focus this year, but they're still there. Obviously, self-driving tech um, and mobility tech is is extremely. A big topic in technology so we saw it there a bunch of different companies were were showing off both their ideas um for cars or for systems but also for the technology and the backbone that can power the future of mobility yeah yeah and you know along with mobility and uh, autonomous cars is the experience on the inside of the car um so bmw highlighted a lot of the voice features and a lot mm-hmm. of the different you know engagement features on the inside of the car um and a lot of the you know non-traditional you know, car or non-traditional, non-car manufacturing tech companies were showing off how their tech could be integrated into a car uh, because the car is just going to become another platform for them to play with. Yeah, uh, It's no longer going to be something you just get into to go from one place to another. Uh, it's going to provide that service, but now while you're in it, you're going to have this whole suite of services, everything from, you know, Wi-Fi to voice-enabled services to entertainment to... Uh, food. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of different new services and um, experiences built, you know, on top of that platform, which has traditionally never been a platform. Um, so that's what a lot of the car manufacturers were showing off was, you know, one, their autonomous features, but also what's going to happen to the inside of the car mm-hmm. once it becomes autonomous. Uh, so it's really cool. I feel like at this point we <laughs> we all kind of accept that self-driving cars are coming. We're just waiting on the technology to be reliable enough and then probably for the the connectivity through 5G to be there as well. So it's like, oh, we get it. We've seen it. You know, what kind of other things can we show off while we just wait? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
Um, it's it's going to be crazy, and, and Tesla's close. Yeah, Tesla will be there uh, in the next couple of years. They're rumored to already have the capability. They haven't been able to truly show it off yet, uh, but they're rumored to have the ability to just drive drive themselves across the nation. Well, I think Elon tweeted that they could turn it on today if they were allowed to. Like he he's comfortable yeah. with where it's at, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it's here. It's just a matter of you know, perfecting it and making sure that you know five G and a lot of these other technologies complement. You know, the AI yeah. within the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one more thing I want to touch on before we wrap up uh, was the drones. They had a whole section of the of the show floor dedicated to drones. Of course, DGI was there, you know, the Mavic and, and their other models. Um, but there were also a ton of other applications to drones that I never thought of. Like, they showed gas-powered drones that could fight fires and, like, break through windows and stuff um, for emergency services and for the battlefield uh, and stuff like that. They showed micro drones that had a bunch of different um, use cases and just all these different applications of both autonomous and non-autonomous flying vehicles that you don't really think about. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think drones have really blown up to where I think they could. Um, obviously, DJI is probably one of the better-known drone manufacturers because it's consumer-facing, mm-hmm. and they're so far ahead of everybody else. Uh, it's pretty crazy how far ahead they are. Um, I, I mean, I the reason I think they're so far ahead is because their software is so good. There's yeah. a ton of you know hardware companies out there making drones, but uh, it's laughable how far ahead DJI is when it comes to the software. I got my dad one for Christmas last year, mm-hmm. and I uh, got him a headset for point-of-view flying, and it's just amazing how cool that experience is and all the different features from you know the videography to the cloud service to being able to just press a button and it can autonomously fly being able to steer the drone with the headset you don't have to touch a joystick you can just move your head and that's where the camera looks and the drone can fly um, so as far as software goes dji is so far ahead um, and they're consumer facing and there's going to be a ton of industrial and you know enterprise use of drones that we just haven't really seen yet mm-hmm. uh, it'll come you know that'll be a huge part of uh, the tech space is, is drones once you know regulation is improved and um you know, more applications are shown off and values shown. You know, drones are going to be huge. One, uh, well, I kind of think of DJ, DJI. I always want to say DJI, DJI right now as um, Apple with the iPod back in the day when you could get the the iPod Video, the iPod Nano, or the iPod Shuffle. Um, you know, they they have their their three very consumer driven, very experience driven um, flagship models. Um, and they were early in the, you know, the mainstream MP3 game. So I kind of see them that way now, and I'm excited to see how they innovate and kind of get to the next level once it becomes a lot more accepted and a lot more people have them. Yeah. And then another uh, kind of topic related to drones, you can actually kind of consider it a drone, is, um, you know, John Deere had that oh, yeah. autonomous combine, which is really out of place. Yeah. Uh, it just it's felt huge. out of place. It was the size of a building. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a, I don't know if anybody, I mean it, a lot of people listening to this. I mean we are middle tech, so we're covering middle America. But mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know what a combine is, it's just a huge piece of farming machinery that's you know used to you know harvest corn and grain and all kinds of other you know crops. But this thing was uh, described by their salesman there as a rolling factory. Yeah. And it's autonomous. It just uses big data. It uses autonomous driving. It uses satellites. 
um, and all kinds of sensors to harvest corn and it was completely autonomous and so he described it as just a rolling autonomous factory and it, it was nuts it was uh, it was probably one of the cooler things there honestly yeah and you were you were mentioning how they're going uh, to a, a recurring revenue model as well which I thought was really interesting yeah so uh, you know, I've been reading a lot and doing a lot of research on a company called Zora. Uh, they're a company, they're a public company that I invest in, and they're really kind of changing the game when it comes to how businesses, you know, interact with their customers. Everything's going to subscription, and a couple of their customers are, are uh, you know, Caterpillar and John Deere. And what they're moving towards is it's no longer you buy a tractor to perform whatever you need it to. It's you tell John Deere and you tell Caterpillar okay, I need this to be farmed or I need this much dirt to be moved. And then they're going to hook you up with a, with a subscription service and they're going to hook you up with you know, the machines you need. You don't have to have this big upfront capital cost. Now you're just getting what you need. And um, that's where you know, Caterpillar and John Deere are moving with these autonomous and IoT-driven solutions um, is they're going to be just collecting data and using that data to better the service and it's going to be subscription model. Um, and so that's what you know John Deere was kind of talking about there, and they had a few graphics showing that. Um, yeah. But once yeah. you start making things autonomous and you start adding the layer of data with all these IoT sensors, it creates a subscription model that you know, just hasn't existed yet. Yeah. They also, and I, we didn't look too much into this. We probably should have, but they were mentioning how the GPS on your phone is accurate to three meters, and that's been the case for a couple years. Um, but their GPS that their their equipment uses is accurate to two centimeters. Um, so so their their tractors and their their combines and all their equipment can go around and, and plant the seeds or cultivate the crops uh, and do all of that autonomously, accurate to two centimeters of where they would plant that seed, for instance. It's uh, just mind blowing. And that's there's just agricultural tech. Is, is such a huge space right now that honestly we haven't covered enough on this podcast. Um, it's, it's just a whole wave of technology that doesn't get covered too much. And I, I think, I think there's been a lot of innovations there that, that, that exhibit kind of highlighted. Yeah, totally. So what was your favorite part of, of the week to kind of wrap it up? Oh, the buffet, no doubt. <laughs> Dude, I think that's what got me sick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. The buffet was pretty good. It was good, though. favorite was probably, definitely, as far as, like, CES goes, the convention yeah. floor is always my favorite, just because that's where all the really cool hardware is, and it's just, like, it feels like miles and miles of new tech, so that's yeah. always fun. Um, but if you look at it in general, I'd say probably Tiesto, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that night at the club was... Yeah, it's fun. I had never seen Chiesto. That's one of the artists that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's one of the biggest. So I was, I was happy to see him. Yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, Vegas wise that or, or sitting at maybe Drake's table. Um, but as far as CES, we uh, we got into the talk with uh, with Jack from Twitter and Square uh, and um, Adam Silver from the NBA. And they were talking NBA Twitter um, and the different partnerships uh, that the NBA has done with with Twitter to to really get their brand out there and become part of the, the cultural conversation, which has really helped them over the last few years. Um, and it, it was a small room, too small. People were, were fighting to get in. Um, but yeah, we, we, we were... definitely cut the line and probably <laughs> pissed off a lot of people. 
maybe we knew. Maybe we, we probably didn't. cut three hundred people. Maybe who knows? Uh, but we were right up on Jack Dorsey and Adam Silver, and that was just insane. Like to see them, to see them right there. So, you know, this person that I don't want to say you idolize, but someone you really look up to in the tech space is is just sitting there in his in his sweatshirt and his his tight pants, and then Adam Silver in his in his full three piece suit. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was really cool. Yeah, Jack didn't look like he washed his hair for a few weeks, honestly. No, he's been on this this rustic kind of mindfulness vibe lately, which is cool, but you can tell he just he's all business and all just get to the point. Yeah. Smart guy though. Yeah, so is there is there anything else that we missed that you want to go over? No, not that I can think of. Uh I mean we didn't touch on, you know, the smart home stuff. I mean we we've touched on that a lot throughout the year, so Yeah, there was some smart uh, home stuff. Yeah, I mean, we touched on that enough, I think. Just there was there's so much going on at CES related to smart homes. Um, that's one of the big waves coming up. Google is obviously going all in on that. Um, so that, that's just one thing we didn't cover, but we've covered it on other episodes. So yeah, that was that was Google's whole, pre- whole presence was just the the assistant and you know how it can connect to a bunch of IoT. Um, yeah, I mean I think we covered everything. My advice to anyone wanting to go to CES uh, 2020 is to to book early. Bring some business cards. Um, don't go as hard as we did at night, <laughs> uh, and and just have fun and get right into network. If you like technology, it's it's the place to be. It's it's literally like a playground attack. 